In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of A Visit from the FBI. Uh, I am your host, Officer Mark Smarks, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. Let's be honest about it. It was sleeping, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe, yesterday. I I wasn't going to publicly out you for sleeping through our regularly scheduled recording set. <laughs> I was going to do it so that you couldn't. <laughs> but uh, for anyone who's new joining us here, uh, the visit from the FBI shows go about like this. Uh, we challenge each other to book something, uh, something usually that probably won't happen um, or at least uh, uh, can't happen, maybe. Um, and and they have to kind of book it. And so it's kind of fun on the spot fantasy booking. We don't discuss these in advance. Uh, so our answers are entirely off the top of our heads and sometimes pretty crappy. Um, but we do what we can. Um, Absolutely. Um, uh, this, uh, this week I'll go first since uh, DA Fabe went first last week. So, DA Fabe, are you ready for your first case? Yeah, make me book some fantasies. Okay. <laughs> what? Uh, Wait, huh? <laughs> so your fantasy is Jenna James... I mean, wait, no. Wait, uh, no. Uh, uh... That's, that's a different show altogether. So, <laughs> your case number one... <laughs> I am going to call this the Kenny Omega World Series. I need you to book one dream match for Kenny Omega in each AEW, NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. Oh, my. Okay. I can do this. This isn't actually really that vicious. Um, Oh, the vicious might come later. Might. You might like. Oofta. Um, okay, so let's start off with AEW because it's the obvious one. Um, just book the match. Do I have to book how it ends? Do I have to book all the moves in between? No, um, I, in general, I just kind of want to want to see uh, who you would have them face. You know, if you want to book a winner and a loser, uh, you can do that. But in general, this is more about setting up what what your dream matches for him would be on each brand alright well as it sits right now my dream match on AEW I really want to see him and Adam Page man I really want to watch that match um, and I know it's happened before in other promotions I want to watch it well and it's as it ha- it's happened in AEW hasn't it or pre-AEW um, I'm not sure. No, because it was him versus Jericho for that. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, Adam Page, Kenny Omega, um, we get everything from the, the buckshot lariat to um, the one-winged angel to a, a buckshot lariat 
countered with a V-trigger. Oh, how awesome would that be? Um, just as a whole, the whole thing just would be unbelievable. By the way, I will say, Adam Page, you've got a move that's, that is a quote-unquote finisher um, with uh, with your uh, basically reverse pile driver. Um, the Buckshot Lariat is cooler. It I agree. Way cooler, way more enjoyable, and um, that should be your closing move. That should be the one that finishes it off. That said, um, yeah, that's... I want Kenny Omega, Adam Page. Um, I, I really like that idea of, of Kenny Omega turning around just in time and getting the V-trigger just in time against the Buckshot Lariat and getting that win. Um, not even having, to, you know, maybe he tries a one-wing angel a couple times, but Adam Adam Page um, manages to prevent it. I just think as a whole, that's a really cool match. Um, so that's what I'm going to go with is that. Okay. Um, and NXT, I'm going to save that for last because I think you're going to be kind of surprised by that or maybe you're going to be excited for it. I don't know. Um, let's go with Kevin on Raw. We're going to go with Kevin Owens and and uh, what's that? That's a good shout. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah I love the idea of that match. Um, Kevin Owens loves to steal finishers. Here's looking at you, Stone Cold. By the way, great interview. Have you seen the, the Stone Cold interview with, with Mark Calloway? I, I saw a few bits of it here and there, but I didn't get a chance to to really watch it. Um, I mean, I, I'm sure it's an absolutely great interview. I've just, you and I have talked before. You know, I'm I'm not huge into the dead man, so that's, well, that's an interview that doesn't... But it's Mark Calloway here, and that's great. So, so... This is this is really as far as I remember. This is with the exception of some pictures here and there and stuff like that. It's really the first time in a speaking role that Mark Calloway is Mark Calloway on video or on audio it, instead of the Undertaker. And there's something to be said for that moment that he says, "I thought I was going to be Eggman." Was fan. Fantastic! Um, it was hilarious. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it's rare to get Mark Calloway as Mark Calloway. You usually, get him as the Undertaker. He he was a firm believer in keeping kayfabe. Um, other than that, let's see here. So, anyway, the Kevin Owens match. I would love to see Kevin Owens try and steal. Probably not the V trigger. Um, the it's tough for anytime I see somebody else do the V trigger. I, I think to myself, Kenny Omega does that better. <laughs> like, uh, but a one winged angel, um, seeing that Kevin Owens steal that in that match and Kenny Omega kick out of it would be awesome. Um, and, and, uh, I would probably have, you know, Kevin Owens hit several different types of finishers and Kenny Omega win with a one winged angel in the long run. Um, maybe multiple one winged angels, like a kick out and then another set. Um, the third one, SmackDown's a little tougher. Um, I don't want to do the fiend because it sounds so cliche. Um, you know, I don't think we've ever seen Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan. 
And as far as I'm concerned, it can stay that way. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's not the match I want. I think I'm going to go with Kenny Omega versus... I didn't realize this was going to be the tough one. I'll say that in advance. Um... Dead air. This is sad. Uh, and, and I'm saving my NXT one because it's the best one for last. Uh, God, I'm not really sold on anybody on SmackDown putting something up great. Um, so maybe just a chance to see Baron Corbin get his butt throttled over and over and over again. Like, I think I... I not to mention I'd like to see how Kenny Omega would would uh, counter because he's so good with his counter moves yeah I think I am going to go with Baron Corbin is there somebody you had in mind on Smackdown that no. I miss it I mean, I mean no Braun, one Braun's just kind of boring you know yeah. I mean I, I didn't have anyone shame. like jumping out at me specifically for any of these that's why I thought it would be just fun to, to see where you went yeah. with it yeah, I'm gonna go with Baron Corbin, I guess, because I I just I don't want to see the Daniel Bryan. I don't, and I don't know why, but Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega is just gonna be Daniel Bryan's kicks in the in the corner and roll back and run again and do it again and uh, yeah. So I'm out on that. So I think I am gonna go with I'm gonna go with Baron Corbin, and I'm gonna see uh, Kenny Omega kick or counter both the deep six. And the uh, the last days, um, especially the deep six. I really want to watch him counter the deep six. Um, I just think that's a really cool move. But I think it's a really cool. It, he could really come up with a very inventive counter that I think would just be awesome. Um, it would probably be a squash match, but there'd be some. You know, I could see Kenny Omega when Baron does the run and slide under the under the ropes and around and back up through the ropes you can see Kenny Omega doing a uh, uh, super or a sliding drop kick right to him as he's coming back up into it um, cool stuff like that that'd be really cool to watch um, get all of Baron Corbin's big spots countered that's what I want which would be really cool to watch um, and that'd be a Kenny win my last one is NXT and it would be a Kenny loss and it would be a Kenny loss to none other than Keith Lee. Whoop, whoop. I would love to watch Keith Lee. Um, we already mentioned, well, I guess we didn't mention on the show, uh, we were talking earlier about NXT tonight when we watched Keith Lee literally launch another wrestler into the crowd, and I'm not going to tell you who or anything like that so you guys can go watch it. Um but wow, that was awesome. And I'd love to see Kenny Omega struggle to get Keith Lee at the one-winged angel. However, if there was a big dude that could take the one-winged angel, I'm pretty sure it's Keith Lee. I'm 99% sure he's the only one, the only big dude agile enough to take that move, um, which would be also really cool to watch. Um... I just think you could get a lot of really cool spots out of that. A lot of hard hitting. Um, also, a lot of athleticism show up. 
you could see it. Kenny Omega is the type of guy who could really allow Keith Lee to show all of his agility. He's got the strength and the agility to go along with it. Um, and it would just, it would be a great spot show. Um, and I'd love to see like a Keith Lee hurricane run off the top rope to win or, um, I, I, I think we've seen him do a couple spike runners. Um, just some of that really cool stuff that Keith Lee does, you know. Excellent. So that's what I go with. That's what yeah, I would... those, those would be four uh, absolutely uh, phenomenal matches. Uh, that I do I want would... to know who you would do for, for SmackDown if you didn't do Baron Corbin. Is there an idea that you have? I didn't have anyone specific set up, you know, for any of those. Um, you know, the easy one, to, like you said before, for... Uh, SmackDown would be Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Uh, they they did apparently wrestle a couple times in New Japan, uh, but that was I mean you know nearly a decade ago. You know what I mean? And yeah, so neither of them are Daniel who Bryan, they not were. New Bryan. Yeah, and old Kenny Omega, not new Kenny Omega. I mean that would have been relatively early in his runs too. So um, yeah. Also, I did look up uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega did wrestle at least once in New Japan. It apparently was a disappointing match overall, but I don't think I don't think anyone blamed either of them. I think it was a, um, a some of the booking disappointment issue. they said was like booking issue in the crowd just wasn't really into it, and the crowd can really take a take a match out pretty hard, pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. So, um, of course, you know, I'd be I'd be lying if I didn't say I wanted to see a uh, Finn Balor versus uh, Kenny Omega. You know, with hints of Finn Balor getting revenge for Kenny kicking him out of the Bullet Club. Um, yeah. But no, I, I, I just like I said, the you know the whole concept was there are so many dream matches and there's no such thing as a wrong answer for this uh, because I mean Kenny Omega could pull a decent match out of Nia Jax. Uh, so Kenny, Kenny Omega has pulled a decent match out of a blow up doll. Mm-hmm. A phenomenal match out of a blow up doll and an eight year old girl once. I haven't that seen that great. one. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, you have to. It's pretty darn good. But but no, I think I think you did a good job uh for case number one. So uh we will just move on to case number two. What you got for me? Well um <laughs> barring any more technical difficulties, I have for you book a proper Seth Rollins' turn. Well, a proper Seth Rollins' turn would involve it actually being a turn. Um, Because that's where they're running a problem with right now, is they they want him to turn, but they don't want him to turn. So they're, like, doing this kind of wishy-washy, is he a bad guy or is he not a bad guy, you know, all this stuff. And and the real turn would have been if he would have just come out on Monday night and said, I did everything in my power to win, uh, you know, and and you guys let me down, and then just went on a rampage and took out every top face in the company. Um, I mean, the 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 perfect Seth Rollins turn already happened uh, with him yeah. turning Turned on the on Shield, Roman and, and Dean, absolutely. Yes. Um, and so, but they can't do that again. But mostly because Dean's not around anymore. Yes, uh, Dean Dean Ambrose is dead. Long live Moxley. What? Uh, he died. Uh, the character died. Oh, okay. It was probably those injections in his butt. 
couldn't have been good for him. No, no. I heard it caused staff in his arms. It twice. might have. MRSA, yeah. That's nasty stuff. So, um, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, they can't really do that again. But the, the big thing is it has to be definite. It has to be on one of the top faces. And, I mean, it has to be, like, no wishy-washy, just flat out, I'm sick of this, you know? But, I mean... That's the problem. Who is the top face on Raw? Wow, that that is the problem. Is it was supposed to be him? Um, and I guess you could argue right now that the second top face is Kevin Owens, which is kind of what they did. Um, but once the again, is Kevin Owens has, has been a tweener for so long. You can't call him a, a face. Well, and not only has he been There's a no... tweener, but Go on. six months ago he turned on the New Day and was a huge heel. You know, and yeah. And so you'd have to give him more time to establish as a face, um, you know, and that's where that's where they run into. I mean, in reality, this, this is a problem with Raw's setup right now is they don't have a top face on Raw other than Seth Rollins. Um, and so, you know, if he was still on the same same channel, same show with Roman Reigns, you could have him turn on Roman um, and that would be the big shocking turn. You know, that, that would kind of do things. But at the same point, it would also be rehashing. So that's why I, I wouldn't do that. Um, I, I suppose if they really wanted him to turn, they should have built him up more as a face for a little bit longer and then built a, a partner up. You know, have have it be him and Kevin Owens versus uh, something, someone. And, <clears throat> and that's, you know, part of where they have a problem right now. You and I have talked before about them not having any factions um and and the th- the thing that factions do and you know you can just look to NXT or AEW right now to see it factions help unite people against you know uh and so it doesn't matter whether it was the corporation um or the ministry or the corporate ministry or the NWO or the four horsemen or whatever you have a good dominant heel faction or you know, in modern terms, the Undisputed Era or the Inner Circle, you have a good dominant uh, heel faction, right? You can then start uniting uh, faces against it. You know, uh, two months ago, we would never have thought we'd see Keith Lee and Dominic Dijakovic on the same team, uh, let alone on the same side with Tommaso Ciampa, right? Uh, yeah, that but, was not going to happen two months ago. No, but the, uh, the Undisputed Era being a dominant draped in gold heel faction allowed us to do that uh, and allowed you to elevate these two stars who, you know, were known on the indie circuits, known to people who followed the indies and Ring of Honor and all that stuff, but not known to to WWE fans, allowed you to elevate those two people into potentially huge faces of the company. Um, and, th- and that's what, you know, Raw and SmackDown don't really have that. And that's where part of the problem is. But so, I mean, ideally you'd have a heel team come, come together. And, and that's where, like, if, if they are doing uh, Authors of Pain joining up with undisp- uh, with uh, uh, Seth Rollins, um, like they kind of teased on Raw, what they should have done is have Authors of Pain go on a rampage and just destroy people left and right and and destroy things and destroy backstage and and come out and interrupt matches and stop stop anyone from winning winning any matches or whatever and then you could have Seth Rollins unite with someone like a Kevin Owens or 
or I don't know another face on on the company uh, to attempt to take out Authors of Pain, you know, and stop them from running rampant, and then you could have the heel turn with Seth Rollins revealing that he was behind it the whole time, and he turns on Kevin Owens just for say in the middle of a match, you know, curb stomps him. I mean, the stomps him. You could probably almost hear me roll my eyes with that. Um, and and then turn, because the good heel turns come with amount of shock. Um, and the perfect example we can say right now is Dakota Kai, right? Like, uh, you and I would both be Absolutely. lying if we didn't say that we saw it coming in terms of they were obviously setting it up over the last three weeks. But at the same point, like, we didn't see it coming, you know? We didn't see it coming that way at all. No. Like, when when they were in the match and, and uh, the gate opened and Dakota Kai walked out, none of us expected her to turn around and just beat the ever-living snot out of Tegan Knox right there. And that's where it came with this element of shock. And that's what you'd need to set up with Seth Rollins, which is where... You know, and maybe that's what they're attempting to do. They're slow playing it a bit with, uh, uh, you know, him, you know, not exactly being attacked by Authors of Pain, but not fighting back against Authors of Pain, but not not fighting them either. I don't know. And so, <laughs> there was a whole well, lot I of not that. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I mean, factions would have would have allowed you to do that. Just having having a roster that's a little more defined. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the deal: we have sandwiched so much in from unnamed Middle Eastern country pay per view to or to uh, Survivor Series, and then what was right before unnamed Middle Eastern pay per view? Um, was that Hell in a Cell? Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So we've seen with so much roster change, so much, um, and, and and companies have changed in terms of who's uh, who, who's televising the product, um, what products are televised has changed. All of that has changed so much, and really a month, uh, five weeks. I mean, five oh. weeks time. No stories are developed yet, and and I and this is why I said that. You know, maybe they maybe they are doing things right, but that just felt. I don't. It just felt wrong as I was watching it. I was just like, "This is, this is." I mean, promo skills are good. Um, reaction from the audience is good. Reaction from the other wrestlers is good. This feels like garbage, <laughs> and I and I don't know how else to put that. Yeah. So I wanted I wanted to see how you would book it to make it not so filthy, just garbage. I mean, the problem is what it needs is about a six month build. Yeah. Building, which. Which is uh, the problem with WWE, and we've mentioned it before. They need to start doing a little bit of long-term booking because so much of it right now seems to be just reactionary month-to-month booking. And um, I don't wonder if it, some of that stems from what are we going to do when when Fox has a contract? What are we going to do when Fox has a contract? And Vince goes, "This will work," and then he goes, "Uh, maybe that won't work. I don't know. Uh, this will work." Uh, no, no, that might not work either. Um, I don't know. Well, and, you know, I mean, it just in general, Vince being, you know, coming in and rewriting scripts at the last minute, you know, obviously can't help with long-term booking. Um, and uh, as evident, I would point to the exception to this rule in WWE, and that's NXT, which definitely does practice 
at least, well, we'll call it medium-term booking. They might not be booking six months at a time, um, but they are definitely booking two or three months at a time. And some of it was just by nature of the fact that they have three months between each uh, takeover. Mm -hmm. So they have to do at least slightly long-term booking because, you know. Yeah, but look how incredibly well they booked the last month. Well, that's my point is their long-term booking. Well, the perfect example, once again, Dakota Kai turning on, on Tegan Knox, which uh, at least according to Triple H in his post takeover interviews was the plan from the moment Tegan Knox came back from his, her, from her injury um, about two months ago. Yeah. Um, so oh, it so, hasn't been two months. Yeah. That's what that about. It's been at least six weeks since when she But they do back. have some versatility in their planning too. Mm-hmm. And and I feel like I feel like you can sacrifice versatility. Uh like like maybe I don't want to say main roster because NXT is main roster, but Raw and SmackDown have sacrificed versatility and planning for I don't know, just like shock factor. Like Well there's there's some of that. I think I think actually they go too far into versatility. They're they're too worried about if we book something long term, um, and then something goes wrong, then we're we're up a creek, you know. If we book this but whole some plan, things go wrong all the time. Yeah. I mean but that's my point is they have this whole worry. If we book this whole plan that Braun Strowman's gonna win the title in six months, but then Braun Strowman uh tears his ACL, you know, then we're up a creek. But the problem is you've got to have a plan and backup and a backup to the backup. And the perfect example, you once again, goes back to NXT. Johnny Gargano. When Johnny Gargano gets injured, um, you know, they had a plan with Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano and he gets injured and they immediately go to the backup plan, which is short term Matt Riddle, long term, putting him in a feud with Tommaso Ciampa over who uh, legitimately should have a shot at Goldie. And that's a perfect way to do this. You can have long-term booking and versatility at the same time, but I think the the quote-unquote main roster, Raw and SmackDown, are so worried about if we do book long-term, then we book ourselves into corners, and that's that's just that's oversimplifying things, and and that's making things uh, harder on yourself. Yeah, I wouldn't anyway. say that. I have to attribute a little bit of that to the fact that now they're trying to please two television companies, and so. They're both trying to please NBC and um, Fox, and so that's that's harder. But we could rant and and rail on long term. So how, how did you book that exactly? You just said it'd take longer. Yeah, I said. I mean, you'd you'd have to do a do a long term storyline where you're building up a heel faction of some sort. And kind of what I was thinking is is uh, Authors of Pain would be a good example for. You have Authors of Pain run rough shot. Um, over everything. You have Seth Rollins be the one who unites with someone else to try to stop them and then, uh, you know, after five or six months uh, building up to a big pay-per-view, big match, you know, loser leaves town effectively sort of match. Um, And then, you know, so just for argument's sake, you have Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens on one side and Authors of Pain on the other side, and they built this whole thing up you know, winner winner gets to stay, loser leaves town, and middle of the match, Seth Rollins uh, turns on Kevin Owens, uh, and you find out that he was behind Authors of Pain the entire time, and therefore Kevin Owens has to leave Raw, which gives him a chance to go down to, to NXT, go down to, go across to NXT, 
uh, and be more Go successful. <laughs> yeah, it depends on who you talk to. Champa would definitely say up. But but anyways, let's move on to case number three. And for this one, I'm going to give you uh, a choice. And like before, it's a blind choice. So um, you could do either option number one or option number two. I think I'm going to revert to maybe answering the door as to who I should, which one I should choose. There's nobody here. Buddy Murphy was to stop by to pick a fight with me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that was actually a pretty decent segment where Buddy Murphy he didn't even show up. Anyway, um, option two. Let's do it. Option two. You lucked out. Option two, in my opinion, is the nicer of the two options. So, so it is simple. I want you to book the loophole that Cody Rhodes uses to get the eventual title shot that we all know he's going to have, even though he says he will never, ever challenge for the championship again. Never, ever challenge for the championship again? Yeah. Ever. Ever. He but might I mean, end up on somebody's list if he starts challenging for it again. I mean, the simple fact, as soon as he opened his mouth and said that he'll never get a challenge for the championship, we know that that is not a promise that he can. Because it's not a promise that anyone in the history of professional wrestling has ever kept. You know, if he does keep it, it's because he's he's in, so heavily invested in the success of the product. And he just needs to, and he wants to back, back up. Um, that said, I'm pretty sure Tony Khan wants him to go ahead and wear it at some point. Uh, I think the loophole's already built. I mean, it's it's the throw in the towel. Cody Rhodes didn't lose that match. MJF lost that match. Okay. That's it. I mean, yeah. I don't think Cody goes that route. I think he has to have several people tell him. And, and maybe even the title's on MJF when that happens. Um, listen, MJF has the title. You're the, the most qualified. You've got the best win-loss record right now. Um, I would like to see how those win-loss records, when they reset, because otherwise somebody who, say, starts with the company, let's just say, I don't know, let's say Brian Cage joins AEW um, nine months from now. Uh, Brian Cage could never qualify if there's not a reset because he's 40 matches behind everybody else, you know? Yeah. Well, in fairness, they have they haven't given like a specific on it, but both uh, one of the young bucks and Cody have both said that they're they're thinking there will be a reset sometimes towards the beginning of next year. So uh, effectively starting a new season every January makes sense. Yeah. Well, or or every time a title does change hands, maybe. That's maybe a cool way to do that. Is the ring going to be a title? Is it going to be defended? Um, they uh, announced tonight, since I know you didn't get to watch it yet, uh, they announced Let's that guess. it is going to be an annual event. Okay. So it's like King of the Ring. So it's like King of the Ring, yes. Okay. Except only, they, uh, yeah, actually only it's annual. Some jewelry. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, and it happens instead of yeah. just... Yeah. Whatever oh, they want this, to. This person could, could pull off being a prick king... We'll make him the king of the ring. Wait, we haven't had the king of the ring in eight years. That's okay. He's going to be the king of the ring. Yeah. All so right. so as of right so now, the plan to... is for that to be annual, and the plan is for uh, 
things to reset in January sometime. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was right first of the year, but it seems like they're cutting it awfully close to not have announced officially that one way or another, uh, because really they've only got about four weeks left this year. Um, so I don't know. But I think the best way to do it would be... It actually makes a lot of sense for MJF to have the title on it when it happens, and here's why. So MJF, and you you and I are both in pretty solid agreement, is easily a top five heel in the industry right now. Yep. I would go higher, but I'm going to be nice to other heels that are working on their game. Um, with him being that good... There's, there's, I, I truly believe there's an eventual turn on the inner circle. Um, he gets his title shot. Jericho goes on tour for with Fozzie, um, for his Save the World tour, um, which I believe is actually going to be the name of the next one based on the Jericho podcast this morning. Um, so anyway, Jericho goes on the sa- on his Save the World tour with Fozzie, and um, MJF becomes the champion. He's he. That's how he snakes his way into it. We might see Jericho drop it, pick it back up, drop it, pick it back up. I just think he's the logical choice to turn on MJ or on Jericho to get the title, to break up the inner circle. I guess um, at that point, MJF defends against a couple of earned number one contenders, kind of like uh, like. Uh, Darby Allen was an earned number one contender and whatnot. So they they worked their way. There's a couple of times, and then it just there's this overwhelming, glaring Cody as the number one contender, an overwhelming, overwhelming, glaring version of it. And after much coercion and persuasion from everybody, and maybe it's our first exposure to Tony Khan, other than behind a closed door and. Moxley freaks out or whatever that was. Um, after much coercion from several people, uh, Cody decides that he's going to accept the number one contendership, and MJF says, "No, you can't. You lost the match that you guaranteed you'd never challenge for the title again because it's because he's the one who cost him the match." And that's when Tony Khan comes out and says, "No, you lost him that match." you can face him for your title or maybe not Tony Khan comes out but whomever they had whomever else they would have in in a leadership role you could have it for all I care you could have it be a um oh SCU bald guy um not Scorpio Sky (laughs) um Daniels yeah Christopher Daniels um you could have it be Christopher Daniels. You could have it be Kenny Omega. You could have it be Hangman Page. You could have it be anybody that we know that's in an, in an executive position within the company. Um, you could have it. I think DDP is probably the right guy to have do it, but it doesn't have to be DDP. And yeah, comes out and no man, you lost him the title shot. This is happening. And Cody says, yeah. In fact, if you can beat me, I won't wrestle against or I won't pursue your championship ever again if you had the title on you and then that's how cody gets the belt on okay yeah very plausible very plausible i have my own theory i tweeted Go for it, it at, i want to hear this i i tweeted it at cody Rhodes and uh did not get a response which to me my um conspiracy nut brain just says he didn't respond because i'm hitting too close to home oh and i'm or like, because I'm, or you or because 
In terms of your relevance, you host a podcast that is the only podcast with two Nebraska boys who are having technical difficulties because of weather. I, I will point out that <laughs> your your voice just broke up in the middle of technical difficulties. <laughs> That's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> um, so, no. Um, do you remember Cyclope? Cyclope? Cyclope. No. Short-lived wrestler in WCW. And by Cyclope. short-lived... Um, it was pronounced Cyclope. He was a luchador. Um, it was in the middle of, and this is why it's too perfect to not be at. And here's the deal: the reason of like my brain goes that he didn't respond to it in any way, shape, or form. Not even, not even a winky face or or just a, a like it or whatever. Uh, no, it could be that he just didn't see it because he's a busy guy and he gets probably a billion people tagging him and stuff on a regular basis. Um, but my conspiracy brain goes, this is something that I guarantee you he's aware of. In fact, this very well might have been something booked by his father. So, uh, going back uh, to WCW in, want to say, 96? I'll have to look up to be certain. Chris Jericho uh, is the cruiserweight champion. Uh, he won it by beating Dean Malenko. Okay, I know which one you're talking about when Dean comes out and beats him for it. And Dean Malenko, uh, of course, is uh, on the uh, staff of AEW, which my conspiracy brain latches onto as well. Um, and and one of the clauses, somehow or another, was that Dean Malenko could not challenge again for the title. And then a battle royal gets booked amongst a bunch of luchadors. The winner of that gets a shot at the title. And there's a bunch of luchadors in it. And uh, there's Juventud Guerrera. And I think I think Rey Mysterio was in it. And Psychosis and a bunch of other people. And a, at the time, relatively minor known uh, luchador named Cyclope, uh, which of course is Spanish for Cyclops. And he wore this black bodysuit with orange fringe and stuff on it and an orange and black mask. And it gets to the end, and the final two people are Cyclope and Juventud Guerrera. And Juvi eliminates himself. So the winner of the Battle Royal is Cyclope. And Chris Jericho comes out and does this whole, you know, oh, you won, you get a shot at me, you know, all of this stuff, you know, and everything. And then Cyclope turns, leans down, undoes his mask and comes up and it's Dean Malenko. And that was his backdoor way into challenging for the belt again, is that Dean Malenko didn't win the challenge. Cyclope did. And so I tweeted at uh, Cody that, you know, well, Cody Rhodes can't challenge for the title, but there's no reason Cyclope can't challenge for the title. And then included the gif of Cyclope taking off his mask. So that's how I would do it. A twist on that. You don't have to use Cyclope. You know, you have a, a battle royal with a bunch of uh, people and a bunch of names that you know, and then a couple enhancement talents, including one luchador in a mask that no one's heard of before. And you have him win, and you have it set up where he immediately gets a, a title match following it uh, against Chris Jericho. So the match ends, and Chris Jericho comes out thinking he's, you know, got it in the bag because it's this luchador that we've never heard of before and and he just finished the match so he's he's worn out and everything and luchador ends up winning with a crossroads 
and taking off the mask, and it's Cody Rhodes the whole time. Ah, that's my way. You've invested far too much into WCW, bud. Uh, dude, man, it's classic. And here's the deal. I've invested too much in WCW, but you cannot tell me that Cody Rhodes does not think WCW, especially since um, he went on the uh, uh, trademark trademarking uh, spree um, and trademarked, I think, six different uh, WCW pay-per-view names, um, all of them that were lapsed WWE trademarks, including Bash at the Beach and Slamboree and um, the Match Beyond, which was the subtitle for War Games, so on and so forth. So if you're thinking that the student of the game, Cody Rhodes, uh, has not studied all of these things, eh, you're dreaming. Now, is he going to do it this way? Yeah, eh, probably not. But could he? And that's the key to a good conspiracy theory is... You're telling me there's a chance. Yeah. Anyways, enough with that. Let's move on to case number four. What you got for me? Oh, crap. I was so busy listening to Cyclope, I didn't even look at my notes and figure out which one I wanted to do. (laughs) You're really into that whole concept, aren't you? I love it. I think it would be awesome. I think it would be just phenomenal, and I would pop so hard, and... And people who aren't so heavy into WCW wouldn't get get the reference to it, but I don't think you need the reference to truly enjoy that. You know, just the twist of it was Kev- it was Cody Rhodes the whole time, uh, but he didn't challenge the alter ego challenge. Um, yeah, do you remember? Here's what I hear when you tell me that story. Do you remember when Hulk Hogan was Captain America or or Mister America? I vaguely remember it. Yeah, that's all I hear. The the difference is uh, all in the costume. There was not a single moment that you did not know that was Hulk Hogan under that mask because it was a stupid yeah. mask and still Hulk Hogan's body. That's why you've got to have a full body suit that uh, hides the frame. That's why it was a it was a relatively baggy body suit on Cyclope, and you could do the same thing on and and the other key would be. It would be a short term. You wouldn't have it go on for months. It would be in and out in in one night, you know, which is the same thing with Cyclope. It was a one night thing. And it was a battle royal that included Cyclope and a couple other luchadors that we didn't recognize. So you just thought, oh, they're jobbers. And then when Cyclope won it, you're like, oh, my goodness. And then it turned out to be Dean Malenko. Dean Malenko. <laughs> Dino the Machino. Anyway. All right. So that, thank you for buying me a little bit of time there. Um, okay, so here is my fantasy booking. You ready? I'm ready as I'm going to be. Okay. Um, I want you to fantasy book the crossover pay-per-view, all titles involved, including that silly little ring. Uh, you can skip the silly little All titles involved, one match, one-on-ones, who wins it? <coughs> All titles involved, NXT versus AEW, go. Oh, so all titles involved, NXT versus AEW. Yep, only titles. It's like a Knight of Champions type setup. Knight of the AEW titles are pretty easy to do because there's really only three of them. Three. Tag, yeah. world. Tag, men's and women's. Men's and women's, exactly. Um, 
And so, are are am I allowed to do champion versus champion matches, or do do we want them to be separate, like title matches? It's your pay per view, and AEW, and remember NXT has two, well it has uh, four, so you could have a seven match pay per view, or you can have a six or five or however you want to do it. Okay, well, I'm sorry, no, they don't have four; they have five, so you can have an eight match pay per view or less. Women's okay. cruiser. Women's. Do you, do we include the the WWE women's tag team? Well, that I mean, that's NXT capable one. It's NXT I guess that's capable, also your choice. But it's not NXT branding, and that ultimately might have to be the deciding factor. Is that you know the cruiserweight well, is now the NXT cruiserweight? Yeah, and, and we've already said that eight is probably the maximum that should ever be on a paper. Mm-hmm. So. So let's see here. If we're doing crossovers, we gotta have, you know, I I think I will do it not champion versus champion. I think I will do it uh, individual type fences. Um, and with the clause, uh, of course, totally kayfabe clause, but the clause that the belts stay with the uh, promotion, meaning the champions could be forced to change promotion. Say, totally You're just it. trying to put Finn Balor on AEW. Nope, nope. <laughs> okay. Because I, 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 I haven't gotten that far on it. But my point still being is that the, from a kayfabe standpoint, that that helps stop the whole, oh, is so-and-so going to win the belt and take it over to AEW or vice versa and trash it? Worry. You know, you just have it where... Yeah, because this is really kayfabe. It's never going to happen, just so you know. Yeah. 100% fantasy. That's the whole point of this show. Um, so so what you have is... Um, just trying to think who I would have as champions for each brand by that point. Um, oh, no, no, no. You have the existing champions. Oh, oh, you're wanting it with existing champions, not, yes. not fantasy champions? Okay. Yep, you have the That's existing fine. champions, the fantasy book. The existing champ. So, so it's as if it were to take place tomorrow. Yeah, so okay. Jericho... If he won tonight on AEW, uh, you don't know. Might be Scorpio <laughs> Sky. Yeah. Me. We'll assume that it was Jericho because we are recording this afterward. Yeah, it might, or it might are we recording feel, it beforehand? Might make you feel really stupid if you're wrong. <laughs> Just so the audience or the jury knows. We spent 20 minutes with uh, Officer Smarks trying before the show trying to convince me that Jericho had lost the title tonight. I um, wasn't trying to convince you that he lost it. Trying, trying to convince me I was wrong that... That, that there was retained. a chance that he... I just <laughs> yeah. wanted you to say that there was a chance. That's all. So you're saying there's a chance. Exactly. Yeah! That kind of ruins ruins part of the booking I was going for, because I was... I was thinking down the road who I would have be AEW champ. So, no. well, but let's let's book them. You've got so okay. then if you're not going to do that, then you've got to so, book eight so matches. Yeah, you've so book booking it with current. If you're doing this tag, current current champions. Okay, um, so um, we'll start at the bottom of the card. Uh, so the lowest champions, uh, typically, um, which for NXT would be the. Uh, we'll start it off with a tag match. So you've got the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, and they're going to defend their NXT World Tag Championships 
again. Ah, might as well throw the Young Bucks in. Started off with a, a banger of a match. Uh, going crazy. I mean, I'm still going to have Undisputed Era win. There's no way I'm putting Young Bucks on NXT. So, but you started off with an NXT win, uh, but, but a nice big fire of a match to get the crowd all up in it and everything. Boy, all that pop right off the bat. No. Better be a marathon man, buddy. Well, but here's the deal is it'd be all that pop, but that match could be five to eight minutes long. You know, it doesn't have True. to be a 30 minute long match. That can be just a spot fest that really gets the, the crowd just rah, so that then you can move on to um, somebody to... who has to follow a spot fest. Go on. A, sh- a short spot fest. But that's why I, I don't want to do ta- two tag matches. Though. Um, so so then we're moving on to uh, probably a women's match, at which point um, we'll do the AEW women's champion. Uh, so Riho, who's, you know, a bit of a spot monkey herself at some point. Um, and ooh, she will defend her championship against... I'm trying to decide. Fill some dead air. Who with... won the last match? Uh, oh, you, you said, you said, you said uh, NXT did. Yeah, NXT won the last match, yeah. Okay. So we have... Uh, AEW Women's Champion Riho versus you know um, am I allowed to bring NXT UK? Sure. Then Tony Storm it is. Problem solved. Boom. Except for now you have to add the NXT UK Women's Championship into it. I don't have to do nothing. (laughs) Alright, Tony Storm versus Rio, and the winner is um that one, God, I would love to get Tony Storm over to AEW. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say Tony Storm wins. Okay, fair enough. Uh, just, just, I mean, get her over to AEW, number one, because she's phenomenal. And I'm, I'm, I'm still angry that they haven't given her more and more of a focus in, in NXT just in general. Oh, she, so. was, she was great in both the, both of the uh, May Young Classics. Both of the main classics, and she was phenomenal in Survivor Series. Yeah, uh, really was. And that's that's why I was just I like I'm just so disappointed that that and and maybe it's her, you know. I got to be honest because her contract with NXT UK apparently allows her to continue working some indies as long as they're not televised or not televised in the states at least. I think, and so maybe she doesn't want to sign an exclusive deal and come over and work exclusively on NXT over here. But, gosh, she really needs to. She is too good to not. Anyways, so um, so there you've got the AEW women's out of the way. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the NXT uh, North American champion, Roderick Strong. And who could be against Roderick Strong versus Trent? Uh, that'd be a good match. Trent versus Roddy. Um, of course, with For the real? best friends. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Yeah. I don't know if you've watched AEW Dark this week, and I know you haven't got a chance to watch Dynamite yet, uh, but Trent has put, put on some really good shows. So I feel like I'm going to be really, really depressed in, in some of the wrestlers that you won't have in this, but go on. I, I'm just, listen, I'm trying to keep it all crossover. So, you, since you limited me to current champions. Uh, that's fine. That's fine. No, I'm okay with this. So uh, at that point, um, 
we move on. We, so we have Trent versus Roderick Strong. I am going to keep the NXT North American Championship on Roderick Strong because we're really building up for the eventual fall apart of uh, Undisputed Era with Roderick Strong uh, trying to stand up to uh, Adam Cole. So we got to keep him on NXT, right? We are going to move on to the second tag match. Uh, and so this one would be the AEW Tag Champions. Uh, SCU versus, uh, better put, Keith Lee and Dijakovic in this one. Okay. Yeah. And so this is one, this is one that could end in shenanigans. Okay. Because as much as I'd love to see Keith Lee and Dijakovic come over to AEW, right? In reality, I think... I think it's one of those where the Undisputed Era comes out and interferes, uh, you know, ends in shenanigans. So belts stay on SCU. They go back to AEW with those. We move on. Now we've got the uh, NXT Women's Championship match. Okay. At which point we have Shayna Baszler. Versus, this is the one I'm excited for. Versus, well, this, this is where it's tough because, like, my I've got, like, three. Like, my brain really... Kind of wants to say like Chris Statlander, but she's not, as far as we know, officially signed to AEW right now, even though she's worked a couple matches. And so I really can't go there. Um, I'm not going to go Britt Baker. Uh, I've been really impressed with Hikaru Shida. Uh, so I might go with her. I've also been really impressed by Shayna. Uh, but I probably won't do that just because Shayna versus Shanna uh, would be a nightmare to call you know what i mean yes yeah yeah so so or do i want to be Priestley? god you're no. tough i really shouldn't have given you a choice i should have made you uh book the how to rebuild rusev after the lana angle you can't yeah. <laughs> it's over yeah that was your other option so you lucked out i did um so yeah no we'll do hikaru Shida. okay uh because i like hikaru Shida. And let's see. So I already had someone from NXT come over to AEW, didn't I? Yep. So is this the one where I have AEW go over to NXT? No, I'm sorry. You had somebody from yeah, because you've done you've done both the tags. And did you have Roderick Strong go over AEW? No. Nope. I had him keep it. What was the other women's one? Reho versus. Uh, uh, Tony Storm, and I had her coming over to eight. Yeah, so, that's what that was your so, only. So that in, was your in, only takeover. So yeah. in, in a in a perfect trade off, we had Hikaru Shida win the NXT Women's Championship. She won't hold it for long because this is Shayna Baszler. She'll win it back in a week or two. Um, okay, but so a nice little trade there, and a little bit of shock value there. Uh, moving on, let's see. Uh, we've done both women's, we've done both tags, so we've got both world champions. Oh, and yep. we got cruiserweight. 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 So we might as well just do cruiserweight now. This would be a good chance to to kind of hop the crowd back up. So you got Leo Rush, and who would be a perfect match for Leo Rush? Uh, Rafi. Really? Yeah. I was going with Sammy Guevara there. Sammy Guevara would be a good shout too. Um, that really would be good. I just, I just was thinking flippy dudes, and while Sammy Guevara can do a bunch of them, Ray Phoenix is absolutely freaking nuts. No, that's fine. I just, so, that's that's the one that that's been 
it was pretty resounding for me. But go on, that's fine. Um, and uh, we're pay per view. Yeah, my fictional definitely not happening pay per view. Um, <laughs> and so I would have at this point, um, Leo Rush win, uh, to help cement him even more as a dominant champion because he beat Ray Phoenix. Um, sure, but it, it would be a hell of a match. Uh, and then we would move on to the championship belt. At this point, I will do... Which one's the more premium belt here? That's part of where the problem is. <clears throat> how do you how do you uh, book this? Well, and, you know, I think it's even less about premium belt and more about uh, capability. And the simple fact is Chris Jericho, uh, while he's great and everything, uh, his age limits him in what he can do now. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and so you can't put, uh, well, I mean, you can, but he can't put on the same sort of match. Like Finn Balor versus Chris Jericho wouldn't be the match that we wanted. No. You no. know? And, and you're right with that. You know, and so so you kind of have to uh, uh, pick your battles for, uh, for Chris Jericho. And you have to know that his match is going to be limited both in scope and length. Right. Okay. Uh, which is why I, I almost feel like putting him on in the main, the final one, makes more sense. Because the match could be a little bit shorter, uh, but you could argue that it was time-limited, you know, uh, because you only had so much time left in the pay-per-view or whatever. Um, so you start off with Adam Cole versus... You know, uh, we just got done talking about Cody Rhodes not being able to challenge for the AEW title. You're going to make him go back to WWE. Oh, he's not going to win. Oh, okay. Uh, but he is going to challenge Adam Cole Bebe for... Well, the, that's our first Bebe reference tonight. Oh, uh, it's not going to be our last. Okay. Um. So, uh, so yeah, that's going to be that. Adam Cole is going to sneak out a victory. It might even be... Might even be a more undisputed era of shenanigans. Not necessarily direct interference, but ref distractions. Yada, yada. Shenanigans. Yeah. Shenanigans, right? Um, and then the final one, uh, AE Dubs champion Chris Jericho uh, versus young up-and-comer Punishment Martinez. Wait, no, I mean Damian Priest. Really? Yeah, because I think Damian Priest can do the type of match that Chris Jericho would need it to be more of a street fight in just some ways and less of a like flip like I, I can't put him against someone who does a ton of flippies you know um you know it just doesn't work he he kind of needs to go against some like like his match tonight with Scorpio Sky was good but Scorpio Sky actually had to carry the match a lot because his style versus Chris Jericho's current style just doesn't match quite as well right so that's why I think punishment. Yeah. I mean, Damian. Uh, but disappointment. You know, disappointment. you're the one who challenged me to do this. How would you do it different? Oh, dude, you got yeah. You left out Champa as an option against Chris Jericho, who could carry a a, a brutal match, uh, uh, a brawler style match. Um, Dijakovic, uh, Keith Lee. Those, uh, remember, both of those were in my tag match. Okay. okay. So, That's why I couldn't All right, that. fair enough. But um, you left out, obviously, Balor. I mean, Balor can carry a match with anybody. 
he can, but he'd be limited. Like, yeah, he could carry a match, but it wouldn't be a match I'd want to see. That's what it comes down to. Like, I as much okay, as well, I, Ciampa, I mean, Champa can can carry a, a, a brawler style match. It's not a match I want to see, and that's what I, you know. When you challenge me to this now, now if you if you want to do Champa versus Chris Jericho, that's fine. Oh, me, okay. It is your me, fantasy. I'm sorry. But for me, I just looking at it like this, like, yeah, I think Champ is a phenomenal wrestler, but he's a phenomenal wrestler with a certain style. And I just didn't, in my mind, see it meshing with La Champion's style very La well. Champion, gonna have a little bit of the bubbly. He, uh, Chris Jericho on uh, AEW tonight did announce a limited run of the uh, official Chris Jericho branded a little bit of the bubbly. You could go on. I don't know why I enjoy that line so much. I I apologize for for degrading your pay per view. Next time you're gonna have to book Rusev. I'm just saying. (laughs) I'm gonna remember. All right. Nullify, vilify, or deify. Okay, well, we will finish this up with our usual game, and I and by usual I mean this last two weeks um, yeah. game of nullify, Ooh. vilify, or deify. All right. This is, of course, our shameless copy of Fire Push Barry. The rules are very simple: you must nullify someone out of wrestling entirely, vilify someone to the bottom of the card, and deify one, just like Roman Reigns, straight to the top. So, DA Fabe, your choices today are King Corbin, MJF. And Mr. Bay Bay himself, Adam Cole. You literally have me getting rid of, of each promotion. One, somebody from either promotion's uh, best heels. Um, I, I gotta push MJF to the top. I, I think I'm gonna deify MJF. Um, if only so that he has more than just himself that deifies him. Um, oh my gosh, how do I get... get I can't cut Mr. Bebe. He's like the only person on the planet with the last name Bebe. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna, okay, we're going to go with... Uh, yeah, we're going to nullify Baron Corbin, and he's the best thing going heel-wise on main roster or on Raw slash SmackDown. And I just fired him. I nullified <laughs> Baron Corbin. <laughs> It's the best heel. I'm not saying he's the best thing going. He's the best heel. Um, so I guess that means uh, I'm burying Adam Cole, baby. Okay. Very good. Very good. Who you got for me? Uh, man, I, let's go with... You, you steal good ones like heels. And that's fun. So we're going to go with big men. Because uh, I'm, a, as you guys can probably tell, I'm on a little bit of a Keithley push right now. His um, last week has just been amazing. So we're going to have uh, Nullify, Vilify, Deify, uh, Keith Lee, Braun Strowman, and uh, MJF's new bodyguard, Mons, whatever his name is. Wardlow? Okay. Wardlow. Well, um, hmm. You know, I think, I think this is going to be uh, a little easier for me, if only because of the inclusion of Wardlow. Um, well, I can't think of any other gigantic Wardlow. dudes that aren't... Yeah. I, I know AEW doesn't have a bunch of big guys, and that's I don't really have any. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree, and that's why you know, the, the, and this is nothing against Wardlow, uh, except for the fact that we just haven't seen 
what yeah, he there's just no history to. there there's no history there so unfortunately wardlow gets nullified yeah yeah i figured that was coming which leaves uh braun Strowman. love him but he can be vilified uh down to the bottom and keith lee straight to the top yeah that's the way that one yeah if, if i pull out if i leave aew behind there's still there's still really only two well-known pushable big guys in in professional i who else would you call a big guy big show's done uh, dijakovic definitely yeah i suppose um, so if you had if you had dijak in there what would, no that that would Drum, make Stroman's getting nullified yeah, that would make it so much tougher because, yeah, I, I suppose I'd have to nullify Strowman. Um, and, but the real tough is, as much as I like Keith Lee, um, you know me. I was that, that's, where, that's where it becomes really tough for me because I was a Dijak fan before I even knew who Keith Lee was. You're seriously going to do it. And so if I had to do it that way, fortunately, I don't have to because you already challenged me. And so it's <laughs> hypothetical. But if yeah, I had to do it that way, I, it, it would be way tougher. And I might even have to flip a coin uh, because I do love me some Dijak. Well, I think I believe as, as an officer that's been promoted to detective, you're up for a challenge. And I, I now want to hear which one of those two you do. Uh, I don't. I don't have to do nothing. <laughs> I think. I think you're copping out because I said um, disappointment <laughs> to your pay per view. You said copping out to a cop, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I am copping out, but it has nothing to do with uh, disappointment. It has to do with I don't want to answer this question, <laughs> and I already answered one. So oh. I went on a technicality, Mister Lawyer Man. I was just trying to be nice and have AEW included. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, being nice backfires on us because I was nice to you and then you did what you did. (laughs) But I think that'll bring us to an end for this episode. Uh, We apologize for the technical difficulties in the middle. If I do my editing right, you might not even know that they happened, but they did. Uh, We had some weird microphone recording issues, and and so so that was all sorts of fun. Yeah, network-related issues. Once again, we've mentioned this before, but DA Fabe and I uh, are about three, two and a half hours apart, and so we have to record this remotely uh, every time. And so network issues can sometimes hit. Um, But... We struggle through, we power through, and and we do this. Um, So as always, I invite you to like, share, subscribe, uh, click the little thumbs up button if you're looking at our YouTube page uh, with our videos there, or uh, the the rate us button on whatever platform you choose. Give us five stars, just like Meltzer gives, I don't know, someone he gives lots of stars to. Well, every other time it's been Kenny Omega, so... No, no, uh, you didn't see my my intro for the last episode. I literally looked up who Meltzer gave the most five stars to and uh, and tagged him. So, um, but uh, give us five stars. Uh, it helps other people find us so that our sounds can get in their ear holes. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter. I am at Raw and Order WBU and DA Fabe. You can find at. At D.A. Vincent K. Fabe. 
Awesome. Possibly um, changing to at disappointment. I can't believe you still want to answer that question. Nope, still won't. Always leave them wanting more. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, also- Officer Smarks has literally put Keith Lee at the bottom of the card. I'm just saying that right now. I haven't done nothing. <laughs> I ain't done nothing. Also, we always invite you, go to anchor.fm slash raw and order WBU. That is our anchor site that shows you all the different places you can view our our podcast. You can find us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all over the place. Uh, but while you're on anchor.fm slash raw and order WBU, you can click a little button to leave us a voice message. In that voice message, you can challenge us to uh, your own idea for booking. Uh, you can report your wrestling crimes for us to use on our other show, Raw and Order WBU. Um, uh, you can correct us or tell us we're wrong or call us stupid idiots. Um, all there. And then there's also a different button that's called support. And you can use that just like you would use Patreon. Uh, choose to support us. Throw a little bit of money our way. Uh, it helps us do things like improve our audio system or our network setup so that we can uh, do these podcasts more regularly. Um, I, I know you you probably heard the Anchor.fm ad in the middle of this. Uh, I assure you that those ads do not pay as much as you probably think they do. Um, so for us to continue doing this podcast and to continue improving it, um, your support uh, would mean the absolute world to us uh, through there. Uh, but with that all and said, the that? last person to leave us a voice recording has been a frequent flyer on our show. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we sure, well, not the last, the the best person to leave us a voice recording. Um, it's always cool to get those voice recordings. And, you know, if, you, if you've got a knack for it, we sure love having guests on our shows. Mm-hmm. So. Makes our job a whole lot easier if we only have to think of one case. I mean, what? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I can even doze off during some of them. I might have a sleep issue. Yeah. Narcolepsy is a real thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but so you go to anchor.fm, you click support, you click leave us a voice message, or you tweet at us on on Twitter like we told you before. But uh, with that being said, I think we will close the case on these and we will see you um, when we record our WBU. Uh, so that should go live Monday morning. Um, hey. Thank you for listening. And, and side note to Keith Lee, um, his name is Officer Mark. That's M-A-R-K Smarks. S-M-A-R-K-S. DA fame has nothing to do with the fact that he thinks that you should be moved down the card. That's on him. I, I will point Good out night. there's literally no evidence that I did that. Good night. You should know better than that, <laughs> DA fabe. Good night, Just... everyone. <laughs>